Disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm not here with my co-host Lee. I'm Liam, not here with my co-host Peter. And you're joining us for a major disaster, courtesy of Lee. Woo! Last week I teased a certain topic, but we're going to pull an Arrested Development, and that'll be our Arrested Development allotment for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where basically it's you know there's always like next time on arrested development and that doesn't happen yeah. next time so yeah. the little little unintentional bait and switch there for completely legitimate reasons oh totally you know life yeah. life will get you you know yeah it sure will. Yeah. <laughs> Um, before we get into that, I'm going to do the housekeeping that I always do. If you're new here, welcome. We recommend you go back to the beginning to get the full picture of everything that we talk about. You're not going to miss inside jokes if you don't do that, but uh, a lot of times we'll reference previous episodes. Lee will say something and I'll be like, hey, that's just like that other thing in episode whatever. That's so the thing you do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you want to get those references, then you can you can listen to everything. And then if you listen to everything and you like what you heard, the best thing you can do is to tell a friend to listen. The next best thing you can do is to subscribe and to leave a rating or review wherever you listen. I think Apple Podcasts is still the best place for that. You can uh, keep up with what we're doing on our website, thisdisasterpod.com, on our social media at thisdisasterpod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and on our patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod, where there's tons of free bonus content. We got micro disasters that come out every two weeks. Uh, What else do we have? We have discounts on merch. Speaking of merch, uh, the pre-order for the next shirt is still open. So if you didn't get a shirt last time or you started listening after the last shirt pre-order and you would now like a shirt, you can go to our website, shop.thisdisasterpod.com. Uh, it'll say back order, but it's a pre-order because we're making them to order. So back order yourself a shirt. We'll get, put you on the list. We'll make you a shirt when they're uh, all getting made and then we'll ship them to you by Christmas. So yes. get on that. Shirts a la carte. And we actually, we had a request recently for tank tops. So keep an eye on the shop. Maybe I'll see if I can put one of those up. All right. Yeah. Uh, just a request in general is something that I appreciate. That's true. Yeah. Request, <laughs> uh, you know, request away and we'll see what we can do. Also, also, a couple weeks ago, we talked about doing a watch party for Halloween. So if you want to get in on that, it'll take place on our Discord. If you want to help us pick a movie, you can at us on social media as your favorite horror movie. And uh, maybe throw that into the Discord chat as well. And then we'll pick, uh, we'll put up a bunch. We can vote on them. And then whichever one wins, that's the one we'll watch on, I think, October 16th. We're going to do that in the evening. Mm. So so put that in your calendar. Think about your favorite horror movie. And then we'll uh, we'll do all that as a group. We'll pop some corn. We'll watch some horror. Yep. We'll get terrified together. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Lights out. Yep. <laughs> and that'll be because I should mention, this is our last episode before going into October, where there's a bunch of, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get dark, I think. It's spooky. Mm-hmm. It's going to scare you. Sure is. You've been warned. I'm scared just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, I can't think about it. So, so that's pretty much all <laughs> I had to say. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Lee for today's major disaster. Lee? All right. Major disaster. Mm-hmm. That means I have free I have free reign carte blanche. I can talk as long as I want. Which, you know, usually your reign did on your Tragedy <laughs> Tuesdays. <laughs> Which I am want to do. Nah, I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah, let's get going. Uh, Peter. Yes? I need you to cast back your mind mm-hmm. to roughly eight years before you were born. Okay. Mm, I think 1976. It's about right. About right. Yeah. Los Angeles, California. Okay. The first wave of LA punk bands. Ooh. So we're talking about. We're talking about the Weirdos. Okay. X, the Dickies, the Screamers, the Go Go's, and the Germs. That first band was a band name, not a description of the people in that scene. I get it now. Well, <laughs> little of both, I would say. Oh, okay. <laughs> But yeah, 
also a band. Yes. But we're not going to talk about the weirdos today. We're going to talk about the germs. Excellent. I'm familiar with the germs. Okay, good. So the reputation the germs always had is that none of them could play a note. <laughs> and while this is actually a major exaggeration, the band mostly got by on attitude and spirit, I would say. That is hilarious to hear because lately I've been watching a lot of videos on my YouTube feed. They keep popping yeah. up the for some reason because I go I go down lots of black holes and one of the black holes had to do with like being in studios and lately I've been getting a lot of videos about the Foo Fighters recording that album where they went to like every studio across the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look at that Pat Smear and I'm like, yeah, this is a very different Pat Smear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Pat Smear, I'm a huge fan of Pat Smear. Mm -hmm. I have been for a long time. Yep. I guess I'll I'll talk about yeah, him more. I'm jumping ahead in the podcast. Yeah, but really, because I'm not so much talking about the germs okay. today. Well, I am, but specifically, I'm talking about vocalist Darby Crash. Okay, vocalist lyricist Darby Crash. Mm -hmm. But we are going to talk about Pat because Pat is amazing, mm -hmm. and he always has been. Totally agreed. That's what I think. Anyway, I kind of went. I'm already going on. To, I'm derailing us. We'll get to Pat Smear. That's, that's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Smear, amazing guitar player, amazing vocalist. Mm -hmm. But I digress. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're we're talking about Darby Crash. Yes. Okay. So here we go. So Darby was born Jan Paul Beam. Okay. In nineteen fifty eight in Los Angeles, California. The youngest of four children, Paul call him Paul. Mm -hmm. Childhood was rocky to say the least. Okay. His mother, Faith Reynolds Baker, often a single parent, worked minimum wage jobs to support the family. Okay. In 1969, Paul's older brother, Bobby, was found dead in a station wagon in Venice Beach from a heroin overdose. Oof. Okay, not a good start. And uh, not a good start. And it's actually believed that he was given a purposefully lethal shot by an angry drug dealer. Ugh. Worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in 1971, Paul's stepfather, Bob Baker, died of a heart attack at age 39. Okay. According to Paul's sister, Faith Jr., Bob Baker's death left Paul devastated as in the seven years that Bob was around, he would have been the closest thing Paul had to a father figure. Oh boy. Kind of scarred from an early age. Yeah, building the material to write songs with, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of laying the ground. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> With Mother Faith, once again, the sole provider for her family, often working graveyard shift jobs. It was Faith Jr. who encouraged Paul's already budding interests in reading and writing, buying him a typewriter, and keeping him supplied with paper. Awesome. Ten-year-old Paul would spend hours in his room, clacking away, coming out only for meals and bathroom breaks. I miss typewriters. Oh, I know. Uh, they were kind of... the sound. Yeah. Clack. My parents had like a... It was like an electronic one or electronic. It was an electric one. When you plug in. Yeah. The ones that you plug in. And I remember I used to use it right. to, I used to draw comics and then I'd use it to make like the words. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So it was electric. Like, did it have that sphere? No, with all the... no, not the, okay. the ball. That was actually cool the too. Ball. That's how you would change fonts. Oh, really? You could buy, you could buy different balls with different fonts on oh. them. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. That's like professional. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. I was like cool. top of the line until like the next year computers became a thing and they were like, oh, crap. <laughs> Don't need this anymore. <laughs> it's just sitting in the garbage, like half out of the garbage. Yeah. And they just packed up their balls and went home. 
<laughs> People are here for the highbrow humor. Uh, yeah, I think so. I believe we supply some of that. <laughs> Paul met George Ruthenberg mm-hmm. in the seventh grade. Okay. The story being that they both obtained their meth from the same dealer. In eighth grade, you said? Uh, the seventh. Seventh grade. <laughs> okay. What were you doing in seventh grade? Uh, meth? <laughs> How much meth? Water a little. Uh, or all of it. No, I'm going to say none. If there's I'm going to say none. If there's too. a negative amount. I was playing a lot of Nintendo. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so sheltered. So when they reached high school, Paul and George both ended up in an experimental program for underachievers called Innovative Program School. Okay. A program which used Scientology tenets oh as teaching methods. Oh, for <laughs> That's Los Angeles, man. It's <sighs> it's kind of big out there. He may have had a tragic childhood, but at least he mm. got involved in Scientology. So I think this <laughs> yeah. can only really go up from here. Yeah. Now he's got the ground under his feet. Now he's got a solid <laughs> path. <laughs> yeah, Elrond will show him uh, the way. Oh, it gets better. Oh, boy. Um, the, the students were expected to devise their own curriculum implement their own exams, and grade themselves. Sorry, you said this was for underachievers? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Was the curriculum, how much meth can you smoke? (laughs) (laughs) Graded on a curve from none to all of it? It wasn't not that. Okay, (laughs) okay. If you wanted it to be that, you could, apparently. Right, right, okay. In fact, one particular course Paul and George came up with from the cells was fruit eating where the two would go to the market eat fruit for an hour and then return to school <laughs> that's amazing that's a good class i got an a plus in fruit <laughs> <laughs> i ate all the fruit yep okay and i didn't uh, leave any of it behind i like it i like it yeah did yeah. you pay for the fruit that's another that's not important that was that wasn't on the syllabus so that's, that's not yeah <laughs> we don't talk about that we, we were not being graded on that. I don't like to discuss money, so... Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It was around this time in one of Lee's podcasts where he talks about LSD. Oh, good. I was wondering. <laughs> it was around this time that Paul, lots <laughs> of encouragement from George, began taking LSD. Oh, boy. Good, good. Yeah. In, like, at the same time as math, or... I gotta figure he was he was double dipping. I mean, I, I can't see him... Oh, boy. Sort of it being like a relay race, right. where it's like, hand, <laughs> hand off the net and take up the acid, but... So, <laughs> yeah. these are... This is hardcore. We're not talking about, like, smoking a joint every now and then. This is meth. No, it's not like trying a cigarette behind the portables after class. Yeah. This is meth when you're not... <laughs> quite a teenager it's or maybe just yeah like meth meth as i understand it is not even subjectively like it is the worst drug in terms of addiction and messing your life up yeah like i don't speak from experience i've never tried it myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i believe it causes one to melt (laughs) over extended period of time Uh (laughs) uh-huh sounded like maybe not in all cases (laughs) You sounded but like, it certainly has. I was actually going to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I recently watched a YouTube video about a former meth addict talking about meth. Oh, really? He, and he tried a lot of different drugs and he was saying that meth was like the, the one that was instantly addictive because of how good it was. Oh, geez. So. Yeah. But, I mean, I've heard that about meth. I've heard that about coke. Mm. You know, you hear that about heroin. These 
drugs that are like physically addictive yeah. where if your body doesn't get them yeah. your body's like what the fuck yeah. and then you yeah. know you get the hot cold sweats and the whatever we've all seen train spotting mm-hmm. but so, <laughs> <laughs> paul mm-hmm. begins dropping dropping sid great acid. good good um pilot on pile it on so this combined with the scientology tinged environment had an interesting effect on paul interesting that's yeah mm-hmm. i mean that's i'm sure that's one of the words well yeah let's see how interesting <laughs> things get let's see how interesting well interestingly enough he found that through simply speaking deeply and meaningfully to others that they could be easily manipulated mm-hmm. paul sought out anyone within his scope who seemed to be an outsider and brought them into his circle he soon developed a sizable clique of underachieving misfits, a group that would eventually become known as Circle One. So, wait, Circle One? Yep. Like a blue circle? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm making some connections. That's you're cool. Making, <laughs> yeah, you're connecting some dots. Good. Also, another cult? The, mm, mm. Good. <laughs> Good. We're right on the cusp. Let me just get, yeah. I'm just going to get my cult checklist out here. Just, yep. I'm going to get it handy. Okay. And get my cult yeah. pen ready. Here we go. <laughs> Start ticking some boxes. Yeah. This might work for you. Okay. Uh, Paul immersed himself in the writings and philosophies of Nietzsche, mm-hmm. Aleister Crowley, mm-hmm. Charles Manson, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Adolf Hitler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just working down the list Those here. Are, yep. Yeah, there you go. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> the list of all the marks on the transgressometer. Basically, also... Another Charles Manson reference. There we go. Uh, it's getting to the point where I dare you to go through an episode without mentioning Charles Manson. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been able to so far. He's everywhere. <laughs> Pretty popular guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the, you know, the list of proposed performers for Woodstock 50. <laughs> yeah, right. We get Manson. I mean, that's my wish list. I don't think it'll happen. He's dead. Yeah. He also developed an interest in Nazi oppositionist Oswald Spengler. Hmm which is where he picked up some key pieces of nihilistic thinking. Nothing is true and question everything. Okay. Some two classics. So he's into Hitler and anti-Nazi writings. Oh, just a broad spectrum. It's a rainbow. Doesn't discriminate. No, exactly. To be fair, I kind of respect that. I mean, not his approach to it necessarily, but I mean like, I listen to NPR for my news. I also listen to Fox News. Because I can't, <laughs> I can't fault people and say that they're just listening to one news source and then listen to one news source. Well, there so you go. I like to, you you're know, getting it from all angles, and you sort of funnel it and make up your own mind. Exactly. So, yeah. I suppose I could read Mein Kampf, and then I could read somebody saying that Mein Kampf is bullshit while on LSD <laughs> and meth <laughs> and meth. See how that goes. It's a great recipe for. Well, we'll see. <laughs> so Paul and George said about trolling anyone within reach. Mm-hmm. Walking around in white bedsheets fashioned into robes, mm-hmm. often brandishing a copy of Helter Skelter, mm-hmm. the book about men. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, just frying on acid. Uh, <laughs> one or the other would often introduce themselves. I'm God and he's Jesus. <clears throat> well, father mm-hmm. and son action. There. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Just yeah. Uh, deity checking that one off the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, just sorry. Yeah. You said robes too? Got that one. I did. I did. Got that one. Okay. Yep. okay. We're looking pretty good for mm-hmm. cult. So far, so good. Sorry, this gets to punk music? Eventually, this leads to punk music, cool. yes. I'm excited to... Stay tuned. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> right on the cusp. Right. Paul was eventually kicked out of the innovative program school. 
<laughs> you don't say. I use the word school very loosely <laughs> for being too disruptive <laughs> in the school with no fucking rules. <laughs> Look, I got an A plus in starting a cult. <laughs> yeah. Get out of yes, here. Yes, miss. <laughs> yeah. uh, he basically questioned everything his teacher said and did. So he yeah. got kicked out for being a pain in the ass. Yeah. Can't do that. Like, I can't question that. No, everything. like we, we've given you free reign and yeah. you're still all the way up my ass. <laughs> That's, Get that, out of here. That reminds me of that skit in Family Guy where there's just like that cool guy and he's like, I don't live by anyone's rules. Not even my own. <laughs> like that, that, that's that. <laughs> yeah. That's the price guy. Yeah. You had no rules and you broke them somehow. It's a paradox, really. Paradox could even be three or four docs. It's up to him. Oh. <laughs> uh, You're fired. I keep that one? Or and I, I quit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> when Punk, hmm? here's your part. Oh. When Punk hit LA, yeah. Paul and George embraced it wholeheartedly. Awesome. But Paul by then uh, was a David Bowie devotee hmm. with dyed blue shoulder length hair. Okay. He was looking for something more from music and punk was it. Nice. Yeah. I'll take it. The pair quickly made moves to form a band, mm -hmm. putting up a flyer at record store Licorice Pizza. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Seeking out, quote, two untalented girls. <laughs> okay. Did they mention that it's for a band? I don't know. <laughs> I, I doubt it. <laughs> Somehow. Seeking two <laughs> untalented girls. The girls, period. Okay. For what? Oh, for music. <laughs> we didn't mention that in the flyer? Sorry. So, sorry, do either of them have any kind of musical abilities at this point? Have they tried? Well, we'll get there. Okay. But not, not, not really. I'm just, I'm just trying to think if it's like a cart and horse situation. Like, let's start a band. Also, how do you play the guitar? Mm, pretty much that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's how I started playing the drums. Well, yeah. That's what gets you going. Like, I want to join a band. What are these? Yeah. <laughs> what do they do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My first band experience was, I was like, yeah, I play drums. And I literally, literally never sat down behind a drum kit. Awesome. I, just, I just needed to be in there with those people. Oh, so I was like, awesome. yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. And we were in the band room at, at school and I had to play this song. This song by Poison. Oh, it's called Nothing But a Good Time. Okay. And the, just there's this little like it builds up like, you know, when you go on the snare and the tongue. And I tried that and it was like and they're like, okay, <laughs> go. <laughs> that is hilarious based on what yeah. a drummer you are now. <laughs> this is yeah, it was it was a rough start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at me now, jerks. Well, I would say so. <laughs> But also for me, it was uh, trial. Andy wanted to start a band. Right. And I was like, cool, I'll buy a drum kit. <laughs> Come over Sunday. Basically. I'll get it on Saturday. First time we jammed. Okay, here we go. Really? I, I remember, yeah. And I remember like I didn't, uh, I didn't have my kick pedal attached. It was just kind of sitting on the floor. I didn't know that you're supposed to like screw it to anything. Oh, and I think my that's in my nightmare. My rack tom was tuned lower than my floor tom at the time. I just <laughs> didn't know what I was doing. But how would you know? No, like, how would yeah? I didn't. I guess I was like, well, that's weird. It feels like I should be able to do a drum roll this way, but I also do it backwards. <laughs> the Ringo. Yeah. Uh. So what did you do? Just kind of played until I got did better. <laughs> but like that jam, where you like. One, two, three, yeah. four. What do I fucking do now? Kind of. Well, I mean, like, did you know that like a rock beat was yeah, kick, snare, keep the hi hat. Yeah, kind of. Kind of thing. Like, I think uh, 
I had drummed on my knees a lot. And I mean, mm. I, I also, I mean, you know, I played piano for a long time. So in terms of like core. Right. You're like very good at piano. Well, so, well, I haven't played. I used to be. Um, but well then especially yeah. yeah 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 so like the in terms of coordination and timing like essentially i'd spent my entire life separating my hands from each other and my hands from my feet so my feet from each other and hard right yeah 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 so yeah, like yeah. after a decade of my left hand doing something different than my right hand i got behind the kit and i'm like okay so my right left hand right hand does this and my left hand does this cool i don't have to worry about What's notes the problem yeah yeah <laughs> um but then it was i basically and i still learn fills as i need them <laughs> right right like this would be cool how do i do that <laughs> that's awesome yeah and i forgot it so you had a leg up on everyone basically uh, the piano a little a little bit i guess yeah but i mean you had coordination yeah. and you understood music yeah and i guess like, like rhythm was i guess sort of innate quote unquote at that point well, after playing piano for that long, like you get time signatures in your head just right. by default almost. And were you classically, like, did you play classical music? Like, yeah. you didn't play any jazz, did no, you? No. Well, that was the thing. Like, I never really played any jazz, didn't improvise or anything. But uh, You didn't, like, swing? Nah. Like, I remember in music class, this this one girl was an amazing pianist, but mm -hmm. classical all the way. So, would, like, the teacher would attempt these jazz tunes. Like, yeah. Um, like, dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. And she was like, ka 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 like, yeah. wow. You <laughs> so that's that's the other interesting thing. I always liked jazz, but my music teacher, like my piano teacher, never taught it to me. So like I had the I had the feel for that kind of swing and stuff, but I just didn't know how to play it on the piano. So yeah, my piano was basically like straight up classic. But then when I started playing right. the drums, I could experiment more with like that yeah. kind of swing and yeah rhythm and yeah. texture because that's yeah. like it takes away a certain level because unlike the guitar or piano everything is in the key of drum <laughs> like you don't have to worry about like what are no. the what are the notes it's purely coordination and rhythm and timing timing yeah so yeah, yeah. probably cut that was fun cut all that we'll but, uh yeah <laughs> no one will hear any no one will hear that <laughs> i'm just learning about you yeah and me you so two untalented girls. Yes, right. <laughs> the search turned up two teenage devotees to the band Queen. Okay. Terry Ryan mm -hmm. and Belinda Carlisle. Both girl names. Future Go-Go's vocalist. Oh. Future very successful pop solo artist. Mm -hmm. Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Oh, whoa. Her. Two, un <laughs> yeah. two untalented girls auditioning. Yeah, for well, the not for long. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Taking cues from the Ramones and the Sex Pistols, mm -hmm. as well as David Bowie, mm -hmm. the band came up with punk names for themselves. Mm -hmm. So Belinda became Dottie Danger. Mm -hmm. Terry became Lorna Doom. Yep. As for George and Paul, the former rechristened himself as... Is it? Is it Pat Smear? Yep, it's Pat Smear. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Real name, George Ruthenberg. I know I Okay. <laughs> Pat Smear's better. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot better. <laughs> and Paul went with Bobby Pin <laughs> for the moment. <laughs> I wonder what he was looking at when he came up with that name. I don't know. <laughs> Not important. Oh, amazing. Hey, what's your punk name in our band, Ham? Lee Nuisance. Oh, nice. What's yours? Ph. Dieter. Oh, yeah, Ph. Dieter. I didn't come up with that. They started calling me that. <laughs> yeah, we got our punk names all sorted out. We're good. Yep. 
So not surprisingly, nobody took the germs seriously. Well, that's how we got into the current situation too. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <COVID> joke. Ah, <sighs> uh, it's so dark. So dark. Um, New spikes. Yeah. Bands like X, the Screamers, and the Weirdos were significantly older than the Germs and trying their damnedest to score a record deal. Mm -hmm. Within an emerging genre, seemingly devoid of any rules, the Germs were considered illegitimate. Okay. Echoes of that class again. Like, there's, yeah. there's no yeah. rules, but you broke them. Exactly. <laughs> this is counterculture, but you're not counterculturing properly. Exactly. <laughs> Mind your counterculture. <laughs> As far as the germs themselves are concerned, they could not be bothered. Fair enough. Most of their time was spent hyping themselves up around town to be the next big thing rather than waste time on practicing or songwriting or any of that crap. Who needs songs? It's stupid. Again, very different Pat Smear. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, you were asking, like, I just wanted to give you the yeah. big reveal yeah. that George Ruthenberg is Pat Smear, but that was pretty cool. I think he could probably play. Okay. Yeah. That seems like, like from the start. Yeah. It's cool. Maybe maybe now's a good time to talk about Pat, my relationship with Pat Smear. It's kind of like gone in circles. Like I didn't start listening to the germs until maybe like five years ago. Right. Never really came across them. So for me, Pat mm -hmm. Smear was my first encounter was like, huh, Nirvana had two guitars at some point. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> and then my yeah, me too. I was like, who's that guy? Yeah. And then and then my second encounter was like I forget what music video it would have been, but it would have been like, oh, that guy's in the Foo Fighters now. <laughs> right. Like, and uh, then, I'll stick around or Big Me or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Was it Big? No, I think. Or maybe later, maybe He didn't Wrench. join until, yeah, it might have been Monkey Wrench because I think it was. He was, in the, he was in the first one. But it was it was the guy from, what, like Scream or something was their second guitarist for a while. And then that didn't oh, work yeah. out. And then he got replaced with Pat Smear, like within... No time. Oh, really? If you watch the video for My Hero, it's the guy from That's Scream. when Pat Smear left. Oh, okay. And then it was the Scream guy, and then he got replaced with the guy now. Right. Uh, Chris. And at some point, Pat yeah. Smear rejoined, and they have oh, yeah. three guitar players. Right, 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 right. Gotcha. Right. But that's yeah, right. it was the same thing for me, like Nirvana. Yeah. Who's that guy? Oh, that's Pat Smear from The Germs. Oh, The yeah. Germs. I've heard of them. Yeah. I guess. Never heard yeah. of them. Never. Then I go never back, and I watch videos of like the germs performing and listen to the germs. And it's like, <laughs> this is not the dude in the Foo Fighters. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yeah, let's, we'll get to that. Yeah. So yeah, they didn't waste their time on practicing a writing song. Mm, fair enough. This approach paid off with an offer to open for local OG punkers, the weirdos. Mm. Rather than scramble to get a set together, they instead opted for an onstage food fight soundtracked by horrible noise. <laughs> you know what i like it yeah i like it too <laughs> according to pat they were thrown off after five minutes of just being complete assholes and throwing peanut butter and amazing dipping uh, the microphone in peanut butter i like it yeah okay like well it. actually so as a studio owner that makes my heart hurt but every oh, other part Every other part, yes, please. As a responsible adult, it's you yeah. just shake your head and purse your lips. But yeah, the attitude the behind it is great. Yeah, oh, I love it. <laughs> just keep it at arm's length. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's great over there for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll watch the video. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You dip my microphone in peanut butter, I will kill you. Yeah, you'll die. <laughs> the only real bit of band business conducted during this time was replacing 
Dottie Danger, a.k.a. Belinda Carlisle, mm-hmm. with Becky Barton, who became known as Donna Rhea. <laughs> this is a great <laughs> punk name. So good. <laughs> um, their first release, the forming 7-inch, mm-hmm. was recorded to two-track reel-to-reel in Pat Smear's garage mm-hmm. and released on punk startup label What Records. Wow. Yeah. Um, the B-side, Sex Boy, is a live recording from their second show at the Roxy, recorded onto a cassette deck. And wouldn't you know it, both songs feature playing that is quite adequate, proving once again that rock and roll history is 99% bullshit. Right, because everyone so, thought it was garbage. They couldn't play it? No, they couldn't play. Yeah. It's like... They weren't great, but yeah, they could play songs. <laughs> and what's your exactly? What's your measuring stick? Right? Uh, it's 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 like an all or nothing kind of thing. Tell the extreme version or don't tell it at all. Yeah, that's you know. that's always been the bone that I want to pick with people that say that Ringo was a bad drummer. Oh, that's ridiculous. He served the band. What do you want him to do? He served the band great. Sorry, that's that, or at least my philosophy is that's what the drummer's supposed to do. You. If you stand out as the drummer, yeah. What do you? What do you? What? What do you, why? Who do you think you are keeping time? <laughs> yeah, right. so, bitch. Also, he's got some of the best beats. Oh, know. he was a genius. Yeah. Ticket to Ride is doom bat doom bat boom doom bat. Like that's so good. That's brilliant. Yeah. So simple and so but you would never think of it. It's great. Yeah, that's awesome. All for Ringo. Understated. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Possibly my favorite Beatle. <laughs> he himself uh, um, um, says that he was the fourth best drummer in that band. <laughs> like, he says that. He knows his place in this world. And I think he was pretty aware of who he was in a band with. Right. Like, are you going to try and pop out of that? Like, yeah. No. No. Got... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's a great way to put it. Shut your mouth and keep the time. <laughs> Maybe you'll get to sing one song album. Uh, what isn't bullshit is that the forming seven inch was the first self-produced punk single from the LA contingent. Take that weirdos and X and all awesome. Those. Extra respect for that. Do it yourself. It's exactly DIY. Mm-hmm. Spirit yep. of punk. Summer of 1978, the Germs released their Lexicon Devil EP on fledgling label Slash Records. It was given national exposure thanks to K-Rock DJ Rodney Bigenheimer. Mm -hmm. The EP featured the song Circle One, Mm -hmm. wherein Paul, aka Bobby Pin, memorialized Mm -hmm. his shedding of that horrible moniker in favor of the one he became best known for Darby Crash. Nice. Which is a way cooler name. And we've come full circle, pun intended. One. <laughs> Darby fashioned armbands featuring the Circle One's circular insignia. Oh boy. What color? I'm um, guessing blue. Okay. Let's say blue. Safe, safer choice. And decreed that initiation into the group be the chopping off of any long hair followed by a lit cigarette to the inside wrist applied by Darby himself or one of his female recruiters. Okay. Recruiters. So let me just uh, 
Get to the uh, cult <laughs> cult pen out again. Cult pen. Thought, thought we were done with the cult, but let me just uh, initiate. Okay, cool. Yep, got yep. that. And us. Yep. <clears throat> uh, Darby would brag in interviews that he completely controlled a number of people's lives. Okay. You're Sorry. just still writing, aren't you? <laughs> just getting the pen out again. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Mark controlling lies. Yeah, got that. Got that. Okay. Mm -hmm. These disciples, quote, mm -hmm. would often do their best to keep Darby supplied with anything he demanded, including a constant supply of drugs. Meth. You like drugs. 100% meth. Yeah. <laughs> included in would be meth. Darby was slowly but surely devolving into a 24-hour-a-day fuck-up. <laughs> He often performed drunk and or stoned out of his brain, mm -hmm. spitting out incoherent, rhythmically ignorant nonsense, that being when he bothered to sing into the mic at all. And this has to be heard to be believed. And, and like you were saying, you're watching Germs videos and yeah. like, whoa, that's, yeah. that's Pat Smear. I mean, his vocals are insane. Yeah. And people who haven't heard them i don't think you know what i mean by that it's like <laughs> someone who went to the dentist had mm -hmm. all their teeth pulled out and to celebrate got like blackout like shit the bed drunk <laughs> but still with a mouth like completely juiced on novocaine <laughs> like, oh my God. it's insane it's so <laughs> funny <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I've never heard anything like it. I'm I'm not kidding. It's amazing. Crazy. Um, their shows often involve much violence on behalf of their fans and sometimes the band, usually ending in complete chaos, bordering on or exploding into a full-on riot. Oh, okay. Uh after replacing drummer Donna Rhea with Phoenix, Arizona native. <laughs> Forgot that. Still name. funny. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy Giorgetti, aka Don Bowles, mm -hmm. Germs recorded their one and only full-length album, the Joan Jet produced GI, oh, yeah. or Germs Incognito is what that stands hey. for. Is a pseudonym okay. sometimes used to secure bookings at LA clubs, which had banned <laughs> the band from playing. Banned the That's, band. That sounds like. Didn't the replacements do something like that? Oh yeah. What did they? Oh, no, no, they changed their name to the replacements because. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were like, you can't play. Like, I forget their original name, but it was like, no. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good memory. I forgot about that. Hey, we talked about that in episode, uh, just off the top of my head, episode number, uh, whoops, it's taking a second. Episode number, just, you know, episode number six and a half, Tragedy Tuesday, when the replacements played SNL. Check That's that a good one. Yeah, that was a really Check good one. Check that actually. one out. That's a there fun one. I laughed a lot during that one. That's back yeah. when we when we sat like face to face at a table. <laughs> oh, I remember when we used to do that. That was in the uh, before time. The before time. That's yeah. what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> I worked today. I was searching just some bit of work related stuff, and yeah, I, I just just seeing the date February twenty twenty. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, <laughs> such a different time. So you could so, do anything you want. <laughs> so blissfully <laughs> ignorant. Oh God! Especially the closer you get to like early March. Like, oh, there was one week where you could do anything you wanted, and then the next week, and then zip. yep, great. Well, we'll get to relive that soon. Yeah, bigger and better than ever. I think mm -hmm. the album 
stood in sharp contrast to their live performances. What it lacks in musical proficiency is more than made up for with sharp and intense performances on behalf of all four members, Darby mm-hmm. included. Yeah. He is on point on the album. Right. Yeah. Uh, it is considered by many to be the first hardcore punk album. Cool. That is cool. It definitely has that characteristic. When you describe the shit show of the shows, yeah. the album doesn't sound like that. <laughs> no, the album is great. I yeah. love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't hear it till... It might have been a year that was a 1990 year, but it might have been 2000. I don't know, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. Way a lot of bands like after. that for me. Yeah. Oh, me too, like every band. I'm, I'm very rarely... I, am I there for, you know the start of the party oh yeah i'm often way behind yeah yeah. sonic youth wasn't a band for me until like six or seven years ago (laughs) yeah same for me so many things so unlike the first two singles gi actually garnered some favorable reviews from the la press Mm -hmm. unfortunately the band would not experience any momentum from this as slash records used whatever funds gi generated towards signing the band x rather than further developing the germs. Lame. Very lame. Read your contracts, too. <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. <laughs> they probably <laughs> took them around the bend. Like, these guys mm-hmm. don't even know what day it is. <laughs> this one guy's named after a pin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This'll be easy. Due to Punk's notorious allegiance to cities and scenes, mm-hmm. New York and London would not Dane to give any press to anything LA related other than to trash it. Okay. Things would continue on a steady decline for the band going from 1979 into 1980. Mm -hmm. The germs were all but banned from playing throughout the entire city. What gigs they could get saw an influx of a growing meathead contingent. Wow. Basically torqued up dudes looking to beat each other to a pulp in the pit. Huh. Interesting yeah. how that comes around. Yeah, pretty early. Like in 20, hardcore. 15, 20 years later, Nirvana goes through the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, weren't you weren't you the guy stuffing me in a locker last week? <laughs> right. How ironic. And like same thing with new metal, limp biscuit. Like, yeah. what's this Fred Durst guy sticking up for like freaks and stuff? Like yeah. he would have called us the other F word and yeah, yeah, taken our lunch money away. Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When the germs were filmed for Penelope Spheris's punk rock documentary, The Decline mm-hmm. of the Western Civilization. I've seen that. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Cool performances in that. Yeah, I think that's where I've seen most of my germs. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Darby's <laughs> live vocals. But also you got Black Flag in there mm-hmm. and Circle Jerks Fear. It's really cool. Yeah. A warehouse had to be rented for the band to play in due to no available club dates at the time. That's why they were playing in a warehouse in that documentary. <laughs> exactly. Okay. That makes it so much more sense. Necessity. Is, was the punk scene so hardcore that they eschewed stages? Mm. <laughs> no. They, they, they couldn't sense, play anywhere yes. else. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hardcore, they had to eschew stages. <laughs> Summer of 1980, Darby decided to fire Don Bowles from the band and replace him with male prostitute and punk scenester, Tony the Hustler. Great credentials. No, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Darby then took off for London on his then manager slash sugar mama's dime, Hmm. instructing Pat Smear and Lorna Doom to get Tony in shape for when he returned. 
This would prove to be an insurmountable task as, according to Pat, Tony had no musical ability whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Which some people just don't. And it's... Yeah. Lorna and Pat both quit in disgust, effectively ending the band while Darby was still in London. Hmm. By the time Darby returned to LA, he was sporting an Adam Ant style look, complete with a mohawk, blue feathers, and bondage gear. Okay. Which is a hell of a getup to be wearing whilst declaring that punk is dead, which is what he did. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. How long was he in London? Months. Okay. Several months, I guess. Mm, mm-hmm. He was hastily roasted by the LA press, his fans, and his friends alike, chastising him for looking like a follower, not a leader, in his mm. London punk costume. Mm-hmm. Word on the street was that Darby Crash, 21 years old, was washed up and a has been. 21. I always lose perspective of time in these stories. <laughs> no, I know. Like, oh, he was a baby. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because like, for example, Pat Smear is not like ancient now. So he must have been pretty young in the 70s. Oh, yeah. I mean, all those guys are just, I guess, pushing 60. I guess so. Around yeah. there. Like if you're like sort of 20 in 1980. Yeah, yeah. That makes then, sense. Yeah. So yeah. Just yeah. Knocking on 60's door, if not there already. Right, yeah. Darby's manager, Amber, quickly Mm -hmm. got to work to prove that this was not the case. Okay. She booked a date at the Starwood for the Darby Crash Band. Mm -hmm. A band that did not exist. Oh, good. Good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Carpet full of horses. So, Mm -hmm. with practically no time to pull anything substantial together, Darby enlisted the help of Pat Smear Mm -hmm. and Darby's friend, possible lover, David Davenport, a.k.a. Bosco on bass. Nice. All right. Darby fired the drummer they had been rehearsing with the day of the show. Okay. Got a thing in for drummers or something. The day of the show. Couldn't have waited 24, like 12 hours. Yeah, exactly. I'll deal with this tomorrow. Just right after the show. (laughs) Yeah. Just like Like literally. Your symbols have stopped ringing out. You are fired. (laughs) Yeah. Any sooner is a dumb, dumb move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't seem to be blessed with an overabundance of forward thinking no it's easy to say in hindsight oh I shouldn't have fired the drummer it's also easy to say in foresight <laughs> <laughs> that is true <laughs> <laughs> maybe for a person who isn't completely drug fucked is it meth? it's meth yeah. it's gotta be the meth <laughs> Circle Jerks drummer Lucky Lehrer was brought in and the band used their sound check to learn some new tunes and run through some germ songs. Yeah, I'd be thrilled as the sound guy for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> can we do one? Can we just check one more song? You've done eight. <laughs> and it sounds like you're learning them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's not what this is for. The sold out show was received tepidly by fans. Mm-hmm. The band apparently played a couple more shows before calling it quits. Fair enough. Shortly after the gig, Darby ended his relationship with Amber, both professional and otherwise, only to glom on to another socially estranged woman, that being Casey Cola. Okay. She had a car and sufficient income to put a roof over Darby's head and supply him with whatever he wanted. Drugs. So proving (sighs) to be just the kind of person Darby needed at the time, a follower who could be manipulated. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> check off Ben's out follower appropriating money yeah there we go okay cool <clears throat> got it okay also um, that's always what you want to hear like why do you what do you tell me what you like about me 
Uh, your car, and <laughs> you have a house with food in it. Yeah, I've always yeah. really loved transportation and feeding and sleeping under a roof. <laughs> you got it all, baby. And your eyes? <laughs> Do you have any math? <laughs> <laughs> Darby appealed to Pat Smear for a germs reunion show. <laughs> His public reasons being that the show was necessary to quote, put punk into perspective. Okay. His private reasons being, according to Pat, so he could earn some money for heroin, which he planned on using to kill himself. Oh. Yeah. Okay. No. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. But as Darby had described this scenario many times in the past, Pat didn't take it seriously. Oh, boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You gotta kill yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Also, put punk into perspective. Yeah. What year was this? Um, 80. It had barely started. Black flags like, (laughs) no, we we good. (laughs) Yeah, it's the perspective's good. It's 2020. (laughs) (laughs) We're up and onward. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Reagan was like, was even elected yet? That was the thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> that shot it off into the stratosphere. Right. Yeah, he's... <sighs> okay, cool. I'm guessing the uh, drugs... It's probably the drugs. Had an effect on his uh, just general outlook. and You, you know, it's the LSD and uh, the meth. Meth. Bet. Probably yeah. the meth. Yeah, that's why this cult never really came to fruition i mean he had his followers but yeah you know when you're when you're more not sober than sober i mean yeah you tend to lose focus i think the leader needs to be coherent mm, at least yeah. yeah that's the sign of a successful cult it is just mm. ask mel lyman that's right in episode 34 just ask mel lyman yep he, he knows was sober he was sober <laughs> definitely on december 3rd 1980 the reunited germs including Don Bowles, played their final show at an oversold crowd at the Starwood. At one point, Darby told the crowd, we did this show so you new people could see what it was like when we were around. You're not going to see it again. When we were around like six months ago? Yeah, exactly. All (laughs) you new people. You don't know what it was like back then, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So leading up to and then following the show, Darby and Casey Cola spent about a month Doing drugs and accomplishing little else. Okay. Somewhere along the way, a suicide pact was formed. Mm-mm. On December 7th, 1980, after a night spent drinking 100 proof alcohol and grapefruit juice. Holy crap. Yeah. And grapefruit uh, juice. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just to take the edge off. <laughs> Actually, it's even worse. Yeah. Yeah, first of all. It's like, and some added heartburn. Also, grape juice, that'll give you kidney stones. So, grapefruit juice. Yeah. So, they should really cool it on the grapefruit juice. Yeah, God, what are you, crazy? Yeah. (laughs) Also, the 100 proof alcohol. That that is also important to not drink. Also, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What are you trying to prove? Come on. After that, Darby Crash administered what was intended to be a lethal shot of heroin, first to Casey and then to himself. Mm Mm-hmm. Casey lived, Hmm. Darby did not. No boy. His suicide note simply read, my life, my leather, my love goes to Bosco. Oh boy. Yeah. That's not good. No, it's just, uh, 
strange, yeah, uncelebrated ending. Jesus. The Circle One cult membership reacted by squabbling over who should and shouldn't attend Darby's service, which in the end amounted to what some would describe as a sad little punk rock funeral. Mm-hmm. The world, already mostly unaware of Darby's existence, would not hear about his death either, as the following day, John Lennon was shot and killed in New York City by Mark David Chapman. <sighs> damn it. I mean, damn it. Multiple damn it's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obvious damn it's and also shit. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Man, can't win. You really can't. Yeah. So the germs legacy over time would grow and grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we know, they influenced everybody from oh, yeah. Ian Mackay to the Melvins, Nirvana. I mean, mm-hmm. you name yep. it, right? Pat Smear re- remained musically active in the intervening mm. years doing his solo stuff. Uh, he was in a band called Death Folk. Okay. Which are amazing. Yeah. Okay. Two albums from Nirvana. Uh, yeah. He joined Nirvana. Yep. In 1993 mm-hmm. for their ill fated in utero tours. Right. And the Foo Fighters shortly after that. Yep. And as we mentioned before, uh, he quit. Yep. And now he's back. Yeah. I remember. I think he's back in the mix. He is. Yeah. And hearing yeah. that story. Yeah, I remember there was an interview with him talking about why he quit the Foo Fighters. And it was just because at that point, he had been in two bands, essentially back to back, where the lead singer and his good friend killed themselves. Yeah. Essentially. So he was (laughs) like, I can't make it three for three. So I'm just going to quit while you guys are ahead. (laughs) Oh, no, that wasn't when uh, the drummer kind of almost died, was it? No, that was was unrelated, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he just, he basically, I think his reasoning was that he didn't want to see, essentially, Dave Grohl also kill himself. So oh. he was like, I just, I can't deal with this, I'm going to back away. Was it but maybe then, going that way at one point? No, I don't think so. But he I think... just was hedging his bets, like, eh. Honestly, if you're in two massively successful bands, and the end of both of those bands is the lead <laughs> singer and your good friend killing themselves, yeah. you, maybe you think it's you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see that, getting... Under your skin. It's or pretty bad your... luck. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, what is yeah. it about me? Yeah. So that's Pat. Uh, Don Bowles also remained musically active, playing in many different groups, including 45 Grave, Celebrity mm-hmm. Skin. Uh, more recently, he played in or plays in Ariel Pink's band and an amazing band called Fancy Space People. Oh, okay. And he also provides backup vocals on many of major group Daiquiri's best known hits including opening act which we all love that's I'm cool just, I'm just pimping my band right now but yeah, he actually sings backup vocals on it which is pretty amazing yeah I don't know if uh, we've mentioned this but you're in about a million bands I'm in a few and, bands and uh, one of them yeah. is Daiquiri it's a band called Daiquiri it's featuring Don Bowles on, on backup vocals sometimes it's a good band I feel like yeah. that, first of all <laughs> awesome humble brag that's yeah. sweet and I, I feel like Daiquiri is a band that did the most work towards me getting to know you. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> like we played some shows together, but then I heard Daiquiri and I was like, oh. Oh, really? This guy's real weird. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but like good, obviously. Good, good weird. So, yeah. Yeah, we tried. Check out Daiquiri. Weird. Is it on Bandcamp? Yeah, I think so. Sweet. Check out Daiquiri. <laughs> shows you what I know. That's yeah, my Spelled. band. I guess it's on Bandcamp. Daiquiri. Yeah. The most misspelled name, band name in history. Yeah. 
So well, you made it easy for everyone. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we did this to ourselves. We'll link that in the show notes. 2007, the biopic "What We Do Is Secret" came out with Shane West playing the role of Darby. Mm-hmm. In conjunction with this, the Germs actually reformed with Shane West joining Pat, Lorna, and Don to play several dates throughout the U.S. and Europe between 2005 and 2013. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Awesome. Kind of cool. Kind of yeah. That's the story of. The germs and specifically uh, Darby Crash. Huh. Mm. A tragic figure, to say the least. I'm just going through my list here. We didn't quite make it to cult, interestingly. Not quite. I think, um, as I said, I think he was just a little yeah. bit too uh, hazy to yeah. you know, bring that to fruition. But uh, all the intent was there. Yeah. It is interesting. And it's, I guess, maybe a little illustrative of how easy it is to get cult-like followings. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got interested in cults in the first place is yeah. just recognizing how widely applicable, h- how you can extrapolate to other things that aren't cults, at least on their surface. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, the, in, in, in people, there's this innate sort of need, I guess. Like yeah. there's a void that community can be exploited. Charismatic leader. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone telling you that they know the right way takes the burden off your shoulders, and you're like, "Oh, perfect, thank yeah. you." I'll just follow that guy. Yeah, especially in sort of an outsider kind of scenario, like yeah, for example, punk rock. Indeed. Well, yeah. If you, you happen to be surrounded by a lot of people who might be uh, outsiders and loners and be pro to listening to punk rock, awesome. Yeah. Well, that was that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about the germs. There you go. And why the cover of that album is a blue circle. Aha. It has a much deeper meaning now. (laughs) It definitely does. I'm like, oh shit. Originally looking at it, I was like, that's a pretty cool cover. and Pretty like ahead of its time. Understated. Yeah. Now it's the cult circle. (laughs) That's so much more sinister. (laughs) Oh dear. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. So do you have some music to go with that? I imagine you do. No. Oh. Nothing came to mind. I mean... You know, listen to GI from top to bottom. I think my favorite yeah. song is probably like either it's it's a dead heat between Lexicon Devil and We Must Bleed. Okay, which is I mean they're both amazing and especially uh, uh, Lexicon Devil. You can really hear that like Pat was an awesome guitar player. Lexicon Devil. Yeah, that's a really Sweet. good catch. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. He still is. Like watching those, like I was saying, watching those clips of the making of that Foo Fighters album. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, obviously he's he's got about like 30 years experience in the meantime. Uh-huh. But yeah. But he wasn't really your typical like sloppy punk right. guitar player. I mean, he was more like a, a Johnny Ramone. Like he really like chopped the hell out of yeah, it right. with his right hand. Like, yeah, yeah. Cool. So I actually picked some music too because yes. he basically gave me the cue OG punk rock. Uh-huh. And I didn't have to do much searching. My mind instantly went to one of my favorite Black Flag songs, TV Party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I love that whole album. I think I've listened to that album the most, Damaged, oh. from 1981. I mean, that's so the go-to, I guess. Yeah, I think that is to hardcore what Slayer's Rain and Blood is to metal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and over time, I think actually somebody was asking you in the Discord about your thoughts on Henry Rollins. That's right. I'm not as familiar with everything that he's done, but I like the cut of his jib overall. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think he, he kind of joined the band for Damage. Is that right? Yes. Well, that's the first um, thing they recorded with him. Exactly. 
yeah. those songs were mostly written. Right. And then he sort of stepped in. And then like yeah. the following album, My War, that's more his contributions yeah, right. and everything. Yeah, yeah. That. So for me, it's TV Party. Just mm. first of all, like on the surface, it's a fun song. It's also a yeah. satire. Yeah. Sweet. I like the gang vocals. I can, you can totally trace the influence of, well, for me, a lot of the stuff that I like now, but you can see how that influenced so much that we also like now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thinking like, yeah, that like that gang, vo- I, I love Pup, for example. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you're a fan too. And that's like a hundred percent gang vocals. So I listen to something like TV party and I'm like hundred percent. They listen to black flag oh, just yeah. like every other musician but still the seeds are all there but yeah there would influence yeah. like metal and indie rock yeah. and i mean yeah everything so that was a disaster thanks lee you're welcome if you liked what you heard the best thing you can do to help us out is to tell a friend to listen don't plan to tell them to listen and then just start a food fight on stage and make a bunch of noise and dip mm. microphones to give me an aneurysm actually tell somebody <laughs> to listen the next best thing to do is to subscribe if you aren't already and leave a rating or review, maybe on Apple Podcasts. I think that's still the best place, but really anywhere you think would be helpful. If you want to keep up with what we're doing on social media, at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you can get everything in one convenient place on our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com, on our patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod, where you get tons of bonus content like micro disasters and access to live streams when we do major disasters and discounts on merch. Speaking of merch, we got that t-shirt pre-order going on until October 16th. So if you go on our website, shop.thisdisasterpod.com, then you can go and it says back order, but basically you pre-order a shirt, you put in all your specifications, we make them to order all at once, and then we ship them out and you'll have them by Christmas. So keep an eye on that. Ho, ho, ho. I think that's pretty much all I had to say. So yeah, like I said, we're coming into October now. So first of all, there's that watch party that we're trying that we're organizing for october 16th yep so at us with your favorite horror movie and we'll do a vote on our discord and pick the best pick the one that everyone wants to watch that's going to be on october 16th yeah maybe we could do like a fun bracket everyone loves a bracket oh yeah love a bracket (laughs) love a good bracket oh yeah i also like those like soft like the wavy brackets those are nice too wavy different kind of bracket different kind of bracket off of google um, yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, also coming into october now are uh October of Despair, which we started last year in our first year. Now it's a tradition because <laughs> it's the second year. Yeah, it's uh, October of Despair Part Two: <laughs> The Despairing. <laughs> That's what it is officially. I'm going to try and make a poster or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got. Uh, I'm just looking at my schedule here. I think we got maybe some witchcraft. <sighs> we got some. We got some fires. Yeah. We got. We got some more fires. Yeah. Actually, we got double some, fires. Yeah, yeah. And then to top things all off, maybe we maybe we have a killer fog. Who knows? Killer fog. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I like the sounds of that. Or maybe I can. <laughs> <laughs> so keep. Oops. <laughs> so stay tuned for all that. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. Lee, unless you had anything you wanted to add? No, I've said it. Okay, fair enough. No one has said it. Okay, well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in our next major disaster. Bye. Bye.